we're surrounded by opportunities to connect. Phone, email, video chat, social media. So how is it that so many of us are uneasy, dissatisfied, even lonely? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Well, we have a pretty small studio here at Adventist Media in Wurunga, Sydney, and it's a little crowded right now because uh, apart from myself being here, we also have Mary Ellen Fairfax, who wrote a great article for us in this month's, the September edition of Signs of the Times magazine called The Illusion of Connection. How are you, Mary Ellen? I'm really well, thanks, Kent. How are you? Fantastic. And also we thought, hey, why not bring in the work experience? Experience girl. <laughs> and yeah, this is Jessica Krauss. How are you, Jess? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Now, you guys have something in common in terms of, of what, you're, uh, what you're studying. Why don't you lean a little closer into the microphone, uh, Jessica, and just tell us about what you and Mary Ellen have in common educationally. Yes, we are both studying law. Mary Ellen is uh, two years in front of me, but yes, we are both surviving. Is that the best <laughs> word to describe yeah. it? Surviving law together. Yeah. And okay. we're both doing media as well. Is well, that right? That's yeah. the yeah. thing. I mean, okay, there are law students out there, but you guys are both, what, double degree? Double degree. Is yours a five-year degree like yeah. mine? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Man, I, <laughs> I'm always just astounded and amazed and and humbled and a little bit intimidated by people who do double degrees, especially when <laughs> one of them is law. Far <laughs> out. So, yeah. law and media. So, okay, so... This is great because what we're talking about today is about social media in particular. And of course, that does come into, you know, discussion around media. So I imagine, mm. you know, mm. both of you have, have got into this. Would, <laughs> would it be fair to describe you guys like, you know, early 20s? I'm 23, Jess. Yeah, I'm 22. 22, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Look, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if, if you're at that age yet where it's not polite to ask a lady her age. So I, I didn't want to ask directly. <laughs> but um, okay, but early 20s, does that mean essentially you guys, would you define yourselves as digital natives? Do you like grow up with a with a tablet in your hands with like mm. using mum and dad's smartphone sort of thing? Or So is that how you define a digital native in yeah. the sense that you're I, just I, constantly I, surrounded by technology? I think so. It's like, well, as long as you can remember, there were computers around and and smartphones and things. Mm. Well, see, personally, I think that I am on the cusp of that major transition between sort of the dial-up internet sounds and the big box computers Mm -hmm. and touchscreens. So, touchscreens first came in when I was in probably year four, year five, year six. So, Mm -hmm. I do remember a time when we didn't really have much to do with computers. Mm. But then again, I think I've always been very good at using computers and I kind of took to it like a duck to water. So... Just, would you relate to that? I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I think, yeah, I was on the cusp as well. I still remember Dad having one of those brick phones and I <laughs> yes. dropped it and, like, one of the keys fell out. But, yeah, I think I've been on the cusp in terms of, yeah, I've taken to things digitally pretty quickly, mm. but I guess in the manner we have them now... I, we haven't always had them right, like, right. Up, yeah. But but when it came to school, for example, like when you were in like kindy or, or year one, hmm. were, were there computers there like straight away in, in the education oh. process? They had the big bubble Macs, yes. like the big blue ones, and yes. they had um them games on them that were fantastic. I loved mm-hmm. them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. So you guys are pretty close to digital natives, and, and I yeah. suppose like people your age would be like you say on the cusp, just before, just after, maybe depending on whether your parents were kind of early adopters 
Spurs or, you know, laggards. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, all right, well, let's say you might fall pretty close to the digital native (laughs) definition. Is is that fair? Oh, yeah. I mean, for the sake of this argument, for this conversation, I think it's very safe to say that we are digital natives. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've totally grown up being surrounded by computers, by digital devices. It's been a part of your lives for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Glad we got that sorted out. <laughs> okay. Now, Mary Ellen, you, you've entitled your article, mm. The Illusion of Connection. Now, this is really interesting because, of course, I mean, you probably, you wouldn't remember the 90s when they started using phrases like the uh, information superhighway. Oh, yeah, no. And, 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 <laughs> what yeah, is that? That's right. And, and cyberspace. And <laughs> these were the sort of words they were using then and basically talking about the fact that, you know, we now have a global village. You know, the world is yeah. shrinking. We're more and more connected than we've ever been before. I mean, you can get on Facebook and you can be chatting to someone in Indonesia, mm-hmm. in Alaska, in, you know, Chile or Argentina, even a scientist in Antarctica. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. We are an incredible, incredibly <laughs> connected world from a, a, you know, a digital online point of view. But mm-hmm. you've entitled your article, The Illusion of Connection. Well, is this an illusion? Are these people not real? <laughs> what's, what's going on? Well, I mean, I think it's a very familiar thing to be talking to someone online and to accidentally send the wrong emoticon or to not send an emoticon or just to convey the wrong message entirely. And I think, Mm -hmm. for instance, you know, I can see online that my friends have just been overseas and have just come back. Mm -hmm. But rather than ask them about their trip when I see them, I'll say, hey, I saw your Facebook post, really enjoyed that. And Mm -hmm. so I think in a lot of ways, it acts as a barrier to that vulnerable, deeper, actual, like, genuine interest in other people's lives Mm -hmm. and I see it time and time again like I personally just got back from Europe a couple of months ago and Mm -hmm. I made a few friends over there but rather than sort of taking the initiative even to like message them obviously I can't see them in person I just keep up to date with what's happening on their Instagram so it gives me this illusion that yeah I know what's happening in their life and yeah okay this must be what they're doing right now and they look happy but at the end of the day, social media is a highlight reel, and I don't really know what's going on, even though I think I do. Mm, okay, so, so so what might look like connection or even feel like connection from your point of view is really just online stalking. Is is that oh. what you're saying? <laughs> I'm a professional online stalker, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm, 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 a, I'm not meaning it in, in the creepy sort of criminal, <laughs> criminal way, but just the way people use it in everyday language. Oh, yeah, I, I stalked your Facebook the other day. I, I can see, I've just been seeing what you're up to, but without actually putting a message or any response or asking yeah. how you are, you, yeah. you feel like you're connected, but you're not having any sort of conversation. Is, is that one aspect of what you're talking about, the illusion of connection? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The illusion of connection. But even it's interesting, sort of, I, I find more and more these days, people also even relate to people that aren't real and sort of take them as their friends. So, for instance, my, one of my favorite TV shows is Friends from the 90s. I love it. And I consider those characters my friends. So I think it's not only just sort of social media and seeing people doing things in their life, not asking questions, but it's also the fact that we we have that and then we don't really make connections in real life so much. We replace that with TV shows and we replace that with other content that exists. And at the end of the day, we sort of don't realize how lonely we are until either that ceases or something bad happens in our life and we don't actually have anyone to to lean on or to rely on or to talk to. Mm, boy, yeah. that, that's a strong word, lonely, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> are, are, are you relating to any, any of this at all, Jess? Yeah, oh, most definitely. I find, especially with situations when you're online, you can feel like you have these relationships with people when, in fact, you haven't seen them in years and years, but because you catch up on things that they're doing on Facebook and things like that, you think that 
you know them and you get to the yeah as you said as mm. Marilyn said you get to the end of the day and you've watched your tv shows and that but it doesn't provide you with the connection that you that you need and so you end up just feeling like you're without something I think mm. and then you continue filling the void with more social media stalking mm. and more tv shows yep, yep. <laughs> so it's a negative cycle yeah, yeah. wow far out yeah it's interesting uh Mary Ellen you 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 got a bit vulnerable in your article and yeah. you, you actually confessed I, I think you confessed to a social media addiction or, or a digital addiction would, yeah. would am I putting that too strongly look I I suppose a psychologist who's read the DSM-5 may disagree with me, but in my personal experience, I sort of define an addiction as something that interferes with your day-to-day life. Mm. So it's something that you don't want to do, but when you do it, it prevents you from actually experiencing life like you want to or meeting your goals or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was happening all the time. I would get home after a day at uni or a day at work and rather than, you know, wash my car or make dinner or, you know, make lunch for the next day, I would scroll Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat for hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I'd wonder why I didn't have any time. Yeah. So and you, you even said, I think, that when your friends called, say, hey, we're going out to, you know, XYZ, do you want to come with? Yeah. You're your answer was, oh, no, I'm too busy. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you were too busy again scrolling through social media or, or binging on Netflix or something. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, for me, I've struggled with sort of social anxiety and things like that in the past. And I think even to this day, I do struggle with that a little bit. And it's much, much easier to have that illusion of connection where you, you know, fill up the void inside and you don't actually have to share how you're going or share those vulnerable things. And so when someone does say, hey, do you want to catch up? My initial reaction is, oh, like, I mean, I really do. But then I will have to tell you how I'm going and I'll have to, you know, make conversation that might go wrong. And maybe I'll have a Freudian sleep and maybe all these things will happen that I don't want to happen. So it's just safer for me to stay. (laughs) You're spiraling, Mary Ellen. You're spiraling. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this is weird because, I mean, when when I, I look at you, I see someone who's not only doing a double degree, also yeah. ducks to high school class, also an incredible artist, oh, also thanks, <laughs> like doing a lot of television and media yeah, stuff. I, yeah. I think the other day I came up with a great description for you, the face that launched a thousand clips. <laughs> I didn't quite know how to react to that <laughs> one. <laughs> v- v- video clips. Yeah. And yet you struggle with this. So that, that yeah. tells me that we're not looking for some sort of social misfit. Like you say, you're, you're not sure you'd fit the diagnostic cr- criteria for a, a, a mental health issue no. here. But nevertheless, <laughs> you genuinely struggle with this. What, what do you think, Jess? Is, is this something that is common in, in your demographic for people to have these sorts of struggles of not being able to get their daily life tasks done, not, not being able to you know, form healthy relationships because of the obsession or addiction with, with social media? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think that a lot of people use going to social media or some type of digital thing as a way of coping. Mm-hmm. I find when I'm really stressed a lot of the time in the past, if I'm really, really stressed on something, I'll go and focus on something else online or something like that because it helps me cope and I don't have to think that much Mm, about it. mm. It it gives so much and it asks so little. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I think because for young people, I think especially, it's right at our fingertips. We have a lot of gadgets now. It's the way we connect with our friends, whether in a superficial way or in a deep way, in a deep way. I think, yeah, I definitely think it's something that a lot of young people and I think Mm. just people struggle with anyone who has access to this type of digital Mm. world 
can struggle with. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because you, I, I mean, I'm sort of pushing you a little bit on the sort of digital native young people thing, but it's, <laughs> it's, you're absolutely correct. There has, was definitely for a while a, a situation where marriages were breaking up. It was rife mm-hmm. basically because someone had caught up with an old flame on Facebook and they'd started chatting or just some random person on Facebook because that's the social media us old people use. We, we're on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there were a lot of, you know, broken hearts coming out of this because people formed these connections online and you're right they're one-dimensional connections you don't get to see the person in with warts and all and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff you just get the stuff that they present and you know when they're feeling communicative and want to tell you what a wonderful person you are and yeah it was causing issues not just for young people but you know older people as well yeah well you're so right don't they say that 80 percent of communication or more than 80 percent is body language mm-hmm. and so you're really only mm-hmm. getting maximum 20 percent communication <laughs> When you're online, so. yeah, yeah, yep. and and even if you go with like a, a message, like video chat or something, you yeah, you're still separated in some ways. I don't think you're really getting the full, the whole person experience in communicating that way. I have a close friend in England who I actually stayed with for a month, so we are like very good friends. And since coming back from 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 Europe. Yeah, I haven't really had the motivation to catch up with her, even though I want to, because it's just not the same online. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. It's just, I think yep. the time difference, the lag, it's just, yeah, not worth it almost sometimes. Yeah, all, all too hard. Yeah. Now, you, you, your article goes in an interesting direction. Well, maybe it's an obvious direction, I guess, <laughs> Mary Ellen. And, and that's that you say, with all this connection, all these possibilities for connection with people all around the planet that we have, mm-hmm. somehow we're ending up lonely I mean, it's a sort of word that we might use all, all the time, but what do you mean by lonely? What's, what's the definition? Loneliness and aloneness, I've always been conscious of being two very different things. Yeah. And so, aloneness is when you are by yourself, but you don't mind. And so, you're happy being in your own company. Maybe you're an introvert, maybe you're an extrovert, doesn't matter. But you have a sense of security within yourself to know that, hey, it's okay that I'm not surrounded by people. It'll change. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But being lonely is when you are insecure about the fact that you're not surrounded by people and potentially you don't feel worthy of being surrounded by people. So, you're just very conscious of the fact that, hey, nobody likes me. No one wants to hang out with me. Oh, what am I going to do about this? So, I think... The situation is the same, but the mentality is completely different. It's about mm. how you actually approach being alone mm. that defines aloneness versus loneliness. You're relating to that at all, Jess? Oh, 100%. I, we've talked about this before, Kent, but we're ambiverts. And so sometimes we <laughs> yes. love being out with people and it's great and chatting with people's fun. But at some stage, you want to be home and you want to be alone, but you don't feel lonely. Mm-hmm. You love just being out of read or do something and just be by yourself and it's great but sometimes I've found for me especially interestingly if I go on social media and things like that it starts to change into being loneliness Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't pick up on it Mm. straight away but it's there and so yeah I definitely think there's a huge difference and I think as well social media brings in that aspect of comparison Mm -hmm. so you might see someone who has a thousand Facebook friends and you've got like 80 Facebook friends Mm -hmm. and so you're like hang on maybe I am lonely hang on and so it just starts this train of thought that isn't logical at all Mm -hmm. it it almost seems like in some ways social media can mask the loneliness that's actually there you are actually lonely but you've got this illusion of connection going on that is simultaneously hiding from from you the <laughs> fact that you are lonely but it's also keeping you away from uh, you know 
connections IRL, as the kids say, you know, in, in, in real life. <laughs> Our kids these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's a very dangerous thing to quantify friendships. Quality is so much more important, but that's mm. often something that we overlook, I think. It's very easy to have a whole bunch of shallow connections, a whole big number on Facebook or on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that as well... I don't know whether this happened with you, Marilyn, but mm. when we first got Facebook, it was all about how many friends you could get. So even if it was <laughs> your second cousin's brother on like your mother's side, everyone had to be your Facebook friend and it was a competition. And I think some people still have their Facebook friends from that time. Mm-hmm. And I think, so you see that now and you have no connection with some of these people, but it's all become about the quantifying instead of the qualifying yeah so did, the quality. Did, did you guys like jump on facebook as soon as you were like 13 and you were legal <laughs> and, you, and your parents let you or or, or or did you like sneak on early with a fake age or, 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 or did oh you... i snuck on early i think i was about 10 when i got facebook <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so, wow <laughs> i'm not sure if my parents knew or not i can't even remember now yeah okay so if, if you were the australian communications media authority or, or whatever Ooh. and and you were and, and you were deciding what is the right age for a kid to have a social media account, what age would you be? Would you be setting like having the experiences Gosh. that you've had? What, what do you reckon, Jess? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I think it, it honestly depends on the person, which is a real cop out answer. I don't know. I I was thirteen when I got mine, mm-hmm. and honestly, I didn't need it. There was nothing. Well, no one needs it. That's very true. <laughs> also, but it really wasn't something at all that was benefiting to my life. None of my friends were overseas. None of my friends were in places that was the only way I could connect with them. It was basically, it was something that was just an add-on. So, I think it could be older than 13, personally. I mean, look, I I remember when I was young, you know, parents would say, what the heck are you doing on the phone with your friend for four hours? (laughs) Like, you you just saw them at school all day today, and you're going to see them at school all day tomorrow. Why do you need to spend four hours on the phone? And, I mean, it does seem that, you know, teenagers and, and young adults have a genuine need to, you know, form connections with their peers, and, and that's okay. Mm. But, I mean, the phone is one thing, social media it mm. is another. It, mm. Is it a better thing? Is it a worse thing? Or is it just different? Personally, I think it's a worse thing. Mm. I think you're so right, Kent. We are so wired for connection, particularly as teenagers when we're trying to figure out, hey, how can I be part of the group, but also individual, but also Mm -hmm. figure out who I am. You know, it's a very interesting time of life. Oh, yeah. But social media is just such such a false picture. It's such a contrived image of who you are and of sort of what you've achieved and and what you like and all this sort of stuff. But a phone conversation, you're usually getting the genuine article. It's very hard Mm. to fake a real-life conversation or an over-the-phone conversation. But mm. as we all know very well, social media is purely a highlight reel. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I get the feeling that as you move from, you know, teenagehood into young adulthood and, and further on, it does become a much more produced sort of thing. It can become a much more produced experience, you know, in terms of what you put on there and what you want people to see. Whereas when you're younger, I, I don't know. I think kids tend to just let, let it all hang out there a bit. Yeah, but less and less so. I see 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds and younger on Instagram these days who have much more aesthetic feeds than me. <laughs> like, really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I find myself even comparing myself to children. <laughs> like, hang on, this is not right. I need to stop. Wow, far right. So, so they've got all the filters sorted out and they've got oh, the yeah. camera angles and the lighting and, and, yeah. and they're doing the, the selfie. That just freaks me out, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, are the problems that we're seeing, you know, whether it's loneliness, whether it's... um you know, a lack of being able to connect with people, 
are these simply the result of the technology or are there other factors involved, you know, like deeper factors or is there something else going on or, or is it simply, do we just blame the technology? <laughs> what do you think, Jess? I think technology definitely plays a big part in it. I think it's sure. hard to, I guess, deny that or just discount it entirely. At the same time, I think that the way our society is as well, we're going further and further away from genuine connections with people mm. in many aspects mm-hmm. and technology is just one of them. Well, you're right. I mean, you, you think about it, you know, we now live in, in houses where we shut all the doors and windows. Mm. We, I mean, it is technology, but it's air conditioning. Mm. It's <laughs> television. You know, like back in the day, people used to sit on the front porch. They had smaller houses. <laughs> Neighbours would walk past and you'd sort of chat. Yeah. Whereas these days, everyone has a big house. It's all, you know, secure behind a gate. High walls. High walls. You're all safe and secure just with you and your peeps. See how I get all funky when I hang out with you guys? (laughs) (laughs) So cool, Ken. All up on the lingo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you you see what I'm saying? It's, Mm. it's, yeah, society has changed and it has Mm. changed to the detriment of, you know, of genuine social connection. We we don't have villages so much anymore. You know, now we have very anonymous suburbs where you can live beside people on the Mm. same street as people for 25 years Mm. and never go beyond a nodding acquaintance. Yeah, look, I'll be totally honest. We got new neighbours probably three years ago now, and I've never actually spoken to them. My parents have, and my other neighbours have, but maybe it's just a function of busyness or they're just never home, but I mm-hmm. have never had a conversation with them, and it does weigh on me. I'm like, hang on, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with society that I haven't actually spoken to my neighbours? <laughs> but I think it all, like, as Jess was saying, yes, it is a function of technology, but I think even deeper than that, and this is something I do talk about in my article a little bit, yeah. it's a worthiness problem, mm. and... I see it so often, particularly in the Western world. I think other cultures, they are a lot more connected than what we are, particularly in Australia. But because of consumerism and capitalism and all these things telling us that, hey, you need to buy this to be good enough. Hey, you need to do this to be good enough. Social media feeding us this lie constantly. At the end of the day, it's very, very difficult to be vulnerable nowadays because... As I said, again, the highlight reel is so prominent. And so we put up high offenses and we keep our inner circle very small just for the sake of fear, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, and I think even when you extend that to the digital sphere, I know that if people are vulnerable on social media, a lot of the time people get judged for that. I think mm-hmm. they say, look, I'm honestly having a tough time right now. Yep. Hashtag oversharing. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's kind of going, wow, calm down. Like, yeah. No one needs to hear your stuff, but we're more than happy to hear when people are doing well, which I find interesting. Boy, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think there's a spiritual aspect to all of this, like a spiritual reason for our, our disconnection, our, our loneliness? Yeah, I mean... You, you certainly do go there in, in your article, don't you, Mary Ellen? Yeah, I do. It's, <laughs> I suppose, at the root cause of everything, it's always that three-letter word, S-I-N. Mm. And sin is something that we live in constantly. We can't escape it. The world is a sinful place. And sin causes disconnection from God, but it also causes disconnection from each other. Mm. And it makes every individual very selfish and very self-centered and self-focused. And so, when you take that into consideration, loneliness actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. Because we do have those disconnections, but... It's crazy, isn't it? That like what we learn is that if you spend you know all your efforts and make your priority to make yourself happy to do whatever you feel like doing in mm-hmm. in the moment, you actually end up less happy. Yeah. You know, you know by you know by having that sort of self seeking attitude, which I, I think you've 
quite rightly identified as something to do with a, a basic, you know, sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, they often say that the best way to feel good about your life is to give to others, you know, go mm. on a mission trip or something. And there's definitely an element of truth to that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, you, are you resonating with this at all, Jess? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think that in the world that we live in, it's very easy to become very focused on mm. who we're going to be and the person that we want to become in life and how to be somebody. And I think that is exacerbated online. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think when we start focusing on something else, focusing on others, focusing on that, I guess, spiritual side of life, it it takes that pressure away and it takes that, yeah, I think it definitely makes a difference yeah, when our focus yeah. is no longer on ourselves. Well, I mean, mm. I, I think, a, you know, biblical spirituality could certainly help from the point of view of worthiness, you know, that, that you mm-hmm. mentioned, Mary Ellen. Yeah. But if, if you remember that, you know, we are created in the image of God, you know, mm. that's, that's what the book of Genesis says, you know, male and female, he created them. And so, you know, all of us are equally and incredibly created in the image of God. That, mm. that And we're also called God's children, you know, so that, mm. that makes us sort of cosmic royalty, you know, that's, Absolutely. that's yeah. a pretty big deal. That means that, hey, I'm, I'm important. I don't need to worry about if other people think I'm worthy or not, you know, <laughs> God thinks I'm worthy. And that, that's, that's pretty special, I, I reckon. Oh, absolutely. Right, so, look, just as we finish, because we've only just got a couple of minutes, uh, guys, what about some practical solutions and tips? I mean, look, the, the obvious sort of solution is, you know, throw your smartphone out the window. <laughs> it's, it's all over. Go, go get a, a Nokia 3110 or, 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 or you know, the, 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 the dumb phone, phone yeah. that, that, <laughs> that just makes phone calls and text messages and you know, do all your school assignments on paper and only ever use the internet in the school library for, for, for research. I mean, that's the sort of, you know, hardcore sort of answer, isn't it? For a lot of us, that might not be realistic. So, mm-hmm. give us some practical solutions and tips to, you know, how to, how to manage digital addiction, loneliness, <laughs> the illusion of connection, you know, that, this sort of stuff. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm no expert, <laughs> but the things that I've noticed in my life that, well, probably the one thing that's made the biggest difference yeah. is I have a youth group every every weekend. Mm-hmm. I spend my Saturdays with a group of like-minded people, and I'm very, very blessed to be able to be part of a church that offers that. But I find that... So, so actual community. So actual community. Actual feeling, community, people that yeah. you see face-to-face, you actually get to hug, talk to, listen to, and you've built this structure into your life. It's a weekly commitment. Definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I find that on the days when I do spend with them, I don't check my social media at all. Like, I'll, well, I'll have like, that's interesting. That's yeah. very revealing, isn't it? It mm. is very revealing. And that's sort of what triggered me to. I'm like, oh, okay, wow, I actually really need to be taking this seriously and being very intentional about mm. this because it's mm. easy not to do that. So. So, so that social media has been a substitute, a sort of filling in for the lack of social, real social connection you're having in some ways. Yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. <laughs> what, what about you, Jess? Any, any hot tips? Well, I think community is definitely probably the biggest one for me as well. Um, spending time with people that you love, that you value and just having that genuine connection with people I think is really important. I think also when you're on any type of digital device, as my mother calls it, (laughs) I think being very conscious of what you're looking at, being Mm -hmm. very conscious of the time you're spending on it. Yeah. And especially when you're on social media, be very conscious of the fact that, as Mary Ellen said, it is a highlight reel Mm -hmm. and just always being, I think, very vigilant in 
making sure the hours don't get away from you yeah, and things yeah. like that. Being and, very intentional, I yeah. guess. And, and the good thing about technology is that, yes, it can suck us into this, you know, vortex of incredible time wasting. But mm-hmm. there are also... I mean, technology gives us the ability to set alarms, set notifications, set mm-hmm. reminders to help us structure how we're using, you know, social media. I mean, it, you know, you guys are obviously, you know, too old for your parents now to tell you, get off the computer. <laughs> oh, they still try. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. my, my, my mistake. <laughs> but you can start to do that yourself, can't you? You can say, you know what, I, I can see my day is not structured the way I want to be. I want a notification at X o'clock telling me, Okay, time to finish with social media. You need to go and, you know, do something practical, call a friend, anything but social yeah, media. Sure. Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, there are things we can do like that. You know, use the evil of social media against it. That's what I say. It's, it's <laughs> like it's a judo maneuver. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And, and anything else just as we finish off? One thing I would just say is that, like, in the past, I've tried to get apps that, you know, turn off my Facebook feed after five minutes or ten minutes, and, you know, actually do stru- try and structure my day like that. Yep. But I find that when you have content that's very, um, that you're really interested in on those platforms, mm. that it's very difficult to do that. And so, what I did that was actually more effective was I went through, particularly on Instagram, and I unfollowed a whole bunch of accounts that I found were toxic for my, for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And that actually made it a less addictive platform, which made it easier to structure the time. So, I think right, it's both right. content and time. That uh, so, it's the quality of the content too. So, yeah. maybe stuff that is going to, like, I guess, push you in a negative body image direction or yeah. is all about conspicuous consumption and, uh, you know, what do they call it? Swag. Um, <laughs> Maybe like three or four years ago. Sorry. Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I, I gotta, I gotta pick up with the lingo. That's what happens when you're 45. You start falling behind. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Jess, and thanks so much, Mary Ellen, for um, being a part of Signs of the Times Radio today. Really appreciate uh, the the time you've given us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 